Welcome to yet another edition of the brand called You. Today, I have someone who has achieved a lot in the fintech space and has now moved to agriculture. Amit Sinha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Amit is the co-founder of Akshamala Solutions, which is an agricultural technology company. He's the former chief operating officer and board member of Paytm. Amit is from IIM Calcutta. IT And he's a business builder. So Amit, tell me a little bit about your early work. Uh, so sir, uh, I actually started my career with Infosys uh, post my BTEC mm -hmm. and uh, worked for a year in mainframe. Uh, but even in 2000, uh, uh, I did some development work in mainframe, which was quite rare at that point of time. Uh, then moved to one IIM Cal. Uh, then spent the early years in consulting across PricewaterhouseCoopers and uh, uh, and keen consulting at that point of time and worked across India, US mm. uh, with uh, financial services, manufacturing firms, government sector quite a lot and uh, did some amazing projects. Uh, one of the very interesting projects was a, a portal in 2004 for uh, Ardukum okay. and that was rated as one of the very unique projects in global PwC fraternity mm. and from there then I moved to Airtel for a year and uh, then the then the sort of the startup journey started for mm -hmm. me when i joined uh, two, in 197 the parent company of paytm today okay. uh, way back in 2007 okay. so we were only 100 people at that point of time yes. so quite early yeah. and uh, but uh, had a great stint first stint of almost 3 years from 2007 to 2010 mm -hmm. uh, worked across multiple businesses raised funds uh, that was the content mobile value added services business at that point of mm -hmm. time uh, had had a very great learning uh, during even during that time I remember uh, we grew from uh, 100 people to almost 700 800 people mm. in the span of three years mm. and grew from I think 10 crores of revenue to almost 300 crores within three years so that was again a huge mm. growth at that mm. point of time uh, then uh, went ahead to start to uh, the company that uh, I co-founded Akshamala okay. way back in 2010. Okay. So before we go to Akshamala, let's talk yeah. about Paytm. Sure. Sure. Um, in the payment space, mm -hmm. Paytm is a by far sure. the leader. The leader, the 800-pound gorilla, if I can <laughs> say so. Yeah. But over the years, and you said you've been there since 2007. How have you seen the payments business evolving? So, uh, so payments actually we got into around 2010. Earlier also it was more about the uh, uh, payment on the on the mobile platform, the uh, telco based payment mechanism and stuff. Uh, 2011 uh, is when the Paytm, uh, 2010 actually when Paytm really started getting into 11 into uh, fintech and this thing. So. Uh, uh, one bet I think very early with which I had taken the founder of Paytm that uh, uh, we were we were focused on using payments, uh, consumer payments, which was very unique, mm -hmm. uh, which nobody else did. So I remember a lot of people uh, talking about uh, PPI wallets even at that point of time. There were like we were perhaps the 40th plus uh, like 40, 42nd mm -hmm. player to get a PPI license. Correct. Uh, but nobody had looked at payments from a consumer payment perspective. Mm -hmm. I think that is where Paytm did a really big difference that we went into the uh, consumer payment side of the thing. Okay. And then one thing led to another, there was a whole lot of innovations that happened, the QR code, the merchant payment and uh, initially it started off more as a, uh, the whole demonetization gave a lot of uh, sort of uh, 
uh, growth to the uh, to the payment mm -hmm. uh, services itself. Uh, but obviously, the whole idea was that we were very focused on payment, the digital payment space, okay. and creating that whole space mm -hmm. the way uh, we see it today. Uh, way back in uh, early in the in in that decade, there was hardly anybody doing the way mm -hmm. we were doing, and that was uh, and and one great belief that we always had was the payment is the rails on which other digital businesses correct. are built. Correct. So. Uh, with payment as the rails, we can get a lot of consumer insights, mm -hmm. which would then help us build the other sort of mm -hmm. aspects of the Very business. Interesting. So, you know, over again, over the years, uh, India is moving gradually towards a cashless economy. Yeah. I don't know if the right word is gradually or moving fast. Yeah. But uh, we still remain a predominantly cash economy. Yeah. Yeah. How do you see this economy? Uh, changing over the next say for four or five years, uh, the the pace I think will be growing faster if like of the whole change towards a uh, digital economy, mm -hmm. and while cash is still prevalent today, uh, but today when I go even to the to the deepest of the rural areas, people are using digital payment methods. Correct. It's no more a situation where people don't know it, mm -hmm. and that's why the more uh, and and it's a it's a common the the supply side and the demand side. The more supply side has been created and will be created, more people will keep moving towards the digital payment. And this this is one thing which is not only irreversible. The pace is hundred percent going to go more and more aggressive in terms of the movement. So uh, a lot of the transactions today, every remote area has uh, has all sorts of digital services available. And all of them require a digital payment. So Correct. people are more and more moving. I was surprised. Uh, small towns like Shahjahanpur has Swiggy, has Zomato, and people doing uh, digital payments and getting Absolutely. stuff at home. Yeah. Uh, we won't have seen it a few years back, Correct. but today all of that is there. So, so I think the pace at which it is, it is just set to grow further, and uh, there will be a significant chunk which will be. Um, like significantly digital and the payment. Very interesting. So, you know, I'll tell you an interesting story. Soon after demonetization happened, mm -hmm. I was playing golf. Mm -hmm. And someone I was playing with didn't have 500 rupees uh -huh. to give to the caddy. Yeah. And the caddy immediately said, Sir, Paytm karto. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's, I think I think that uh, the, it has literally become a word today. I know. So that that's the strength of the brand Absolutely. and what what Paytm has built. Well, congratulations yeah. on what all of you built. Fantastic. My last question to you on, on Paytm before I move to Akshamala. You know, this is the age of millennials hmm. who are much, not only much more technologically competent, hmm. uh, but are also very aware hmm. of the environment, of the right way to do things, etc. How are millennials changing the payments business? Uh, I would say, uh, as you rightly said, they are very aware. So, in a way, uh, they are always looking for op options to do more things. And from that perspective, there is a constant innovation journey that one has to keep on doing. To keep following and understanding what the Correct. newer set of consumers need and keep delivering that. Mm -hmm. What we did maybe a few years back, is not relevant today mm. and that's that is what perhaps the biggest change that technology has brought in the, the shelf life of any stuff that we are doing is very very limited just keep innovating and keep bringing out new things to ensure that uh, we keep 
the millennials and everybody else on the, on the platform so uh, amit let's move to akshamala your new baby yeah tell me about the business so uh, so actually akshamala has a history and and uh, uh, while while you were saying ptm uh, the history between akshamala and from my perspective between akshamala and what we are doing at ptm has sort of intertwined i actually started in 2010 went back to ptm in 2014 okay okay was there in between to the growth phase and all and uh, in june last year is when i came back. sort of came back to this business mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we started even in 2010 as an edtech company Uh, forget about egg and tech mm-hmm. even tech was not enough hot correct. at that point correct. of time correct. so but today uh, today it's a different scenario today i think the uh, at this juncture agriculture is ripe for a lot of technology uh, intervention yeah. and uh, as as uh, and i'm very proud i feel very proud when i go to the rural areas to see that four years three years back the the technology infrastructure the 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 telecom infrastructure the financial services infrastructure was not there mm. on which we could be bring more evolved solutions which is what exists today mm. i don't have to reinvent and create a lot of infrastructure to give a service to a farmer today correct and that is where uh, i think right now we are primed very well okay and uh, this is a company which i co-founded with my partner ashok mm. and uh, ashok launched a service called unnati okay. some 3 years back which is what we are focusing on today okay. so with unnati what we are trying to do is to bring all the agri ecosystem players onto a single platform on a digital platform to enable that the best of the services are offered in a transparent and trusted manner to the farmers okay. so that is the key part because today the biggest challenge that a farmer faces in the uh, in in anything that he does is the lack of information and by nature agri is a very risky correct proposition correct. like for a farmer it's a very risky proposition you don't know what will happen with the weather you don't know how your uh, rates will vary after the production has happened True. so there's a lot of uh, and it's perishable and it's perishable so there's a lot of benefit in bringing in predictability to what the farmer is doing not only for the farmer if farmer is doing something predictable then everybody in the value chain right from the agri input provider or fertilizer or a pesticide manufacturer to somebody who is using that farmer purchase to process and create something everybody face gets a benefit out of it and that is what we are aiming by ensuring that farmer does his farming in a very predictable way in a way that he gets advance alerts and information on what needs to be done and that is where we are ensuring that every ecosystem player comes on to the platform and does it in a digital way very interesting so tell me what does akshamala mean akshamala is uh, just like uh, it's it's a uh, just like wordmala is for the uh, written word mm-hmm. akshamala is for the spoken word uh-huh. so way back in 2010 when we started this company okay. uh, we expected to uh, reach out to farmers in every language of their own choice mm-hmm. and with the relevant communication nice. so that was the genesis of and it. that's how unnati of that's how, and unnati today when we evolved into unnati un, so akshamala was initially we did a lot, lot of farmer engagement services on behalf of enterprises today with unnati we are reaching out directly to the farmers so the idea is that we are going to help farmers in improving their quality and way of farming and ensure that he becomes an unnat farmer hmm. so that is where the whole unnati interest thing comes in so you know i mean from a very very successful fintech mm-hmm. which was a b2c model mm-hmm. to uh, hopefully a very successful agtech mm-hmm. where again you're going 
B2C if I can use. What are some of the synergies between these two businesses? Uh, because you are the common individual in both. To, to, to both. So I think uh, the uh, so so few things which I always remember. We we really felt uh, a Paytm or Paytm like the digital services would solve uh, was always the focus on the one on the outside of the metro world. That was the thing in Paytm also because. Uh, people in cities have all the options. Uh, not to say that the service is not for them, but the but the real value, I think, the real need of uh, financial services when you go lower down in the value chain, right, from a class of people to the location of people, Correct. that is where the real challenge of access starts. Mm -hmm. So access is a big challenge. In fact, personally, um, I grew up in a very small place. It was a power project. My dad was an engineer, so. Money was not an issue, but the access to things were a challenge. Correct. So we would not get a cold drink in the like unless until we go to a district headquarters, which mm -hmm. is fifty kilometers away. Which means that you get only once in maybe four or five months to right. to enjoy a cold drink also. Yeah, yeah. So so that that somehow left an impression on my mind that uh, you know a lot of people in this country might have the money and the wherewithal to do things, or they might need a lot of things. But if we are not finding the right way to provide an access to those services, mm -hmm. that will not be. And that is the thing that we 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 focused on in Paytm, in Paytm Mall, and perhaps that is where the current services are also building up mm -hmm. in agriculture. The challenge is about accessing the relevant services. Mm -hmm. In a so if I go to an MP, there is a village which might be 50 kilometers away from the headquarters, mm -hmm. and that place the farmer will find it always difficult. He can go only once or twice within a span of three months to the city mm. to buy something and then he is at the mercy of whatever he gets, he goes home. Mm. So that versus if I am able to provide him a choice through a digital platform whose cost of reaching the last mile is much, much lesser than a traditional way of doing, then I would have made an impact. And that is where perhaps I think there is a commonality in what we are going today. Okay. At the end of the day, we are trying to solve the access challenges of the farmer. So it is more focused on word vertical. While with Paytm, we were trying to solve the hmm. financial services access challenge for a large set of people. So my last question to you on agriculture. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you spent a lot of time in the business. I'm sure you've interacted with hundreds yeah. of thousands of farmers. Yeah. What are the three things that uh, are a problem for agriculture in India today? So first it starts with identifying uh, what to do in his farm. So why nobody would change their current set of crops that there is a gradual change that will happen but not at one go. Uh, but more importantly even in their traditional crops there are very minor mm, information and knowledge which will help them improve. So for example. There is a two-week de two-week delay in application, say, of an insecticide or a pesticide, and your whole crop may go waste. Mm -hmm. Now that is a very that is the information and support that a farmer lacks, and what to do right at that. So that is the genesis of a lot of problems that come into his farming life cycle. And thankfully, farming, while it's a very risky profession, it's also very predictable in terms of what you want Correct. should do Correct. if you have the right information. Second, I think the key problem is about finding the right market and where to sell and not only where to sell as in because the, the agriculture is a multi-dimensional problem of many to many mm. so there are millions of farmers producing for millions of consumers but there is a 
lot of n cross m challenge in between that you have to mix and match so so there there is a lot of testing third is the level of value addition that we can push to the market which is where a lot of the there is a large chain which makes it very inefficient so these three things i think are the biggest challenges which a farmer faces and he, he has been facing this over a long period of time and then this is something which with the digital thing we should be able to solve because then a cost of reaching a 2 acre farmer is not significant enough for me to prevent giving him the right service correct wonderful i like wish you lots of success so you know i mean you with paytm makshmala unnati you always believed in building strong teams yeah my question to you is what goes into building a strong team mm so the so the oh, honestly the the biggest learning that i have had in this all this growth phase of a company has been the uh, the whole team building aspect not only team building team managing because people are at the end of the day what what correct drives the whole thing and thankfully at ptm i also got a, a three year window as an hr head also apart mm-hmm. from the other roles that i was doing okay. as a cfo and other thing where there was a lot of learning that that went into it i think uh, first thing that i learned was uh we should we should build the team bottom up mm-hmm. it can never be built top down so if you have the the lower layers of the team set then you can get somebody on top Correct. or somebody from within the team grows up Correct. that's the ideal way of building Correct. in spite of whatever speed we might need and i think that works also better because i see it like this today when at unnati i have a team say of 40 50 people uh, everybody is visible to me so i rather have people work directly with me mm-hmm. and not create an opaque layers in between where it is not needed so it's a, it's a it's a journey where one should start bottom up keep building on the right set of people and every every stage of the journey will require a different set of uh, kind of people that are required early days you require hustlers you require people who who would uh, who would sort of quickly change themselves into doing multiple things that is generics are more important as you grow as you build up that is where you need specific skill set people who would okay. come in and then take their own time in terms of okay. i think these are few things which are the key to to sort of uh, my approach to building a team i would say no the very very wise words so my next question to you is for as a startup entrepreneur you know you were in a startup when you said paytm was just 100 people now yeah. it's so big you founded akshmala went back to paytm and you must have seen lots of other startups yeah my question to you is what are some of the basic mistakes mm-hmm. a lot of startup entrepreneurs make uh first thing i would say would be the would be the team itself uh, people people overbuild many times most of the time i say people people overbuild before something is really needed to be done uh so it's it's a balance one which one should maintain you should not dry up so much that you're not able to grow but Correct. you should not also make it so heavy that it starts hurting you so that is something that is very important uh second i would say uh, a lot of people while people want to do entrepreneurship and get into it they are not aware of all the challenges that that which is where there is a lot of wear and tear you 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 keep going through those multiple cycles and i i call it a daily boom and bust cycle there is there are more of busts and very few of the booms that you will see so one has to be aware of that and live through that it it's not only about your job it's about your family it's about everything else uh, uh 
everybody has to be attuned to that then only you will reach a yeah. successful at this thing and uh, third i would say also uh, a lot of people find it very difficult to change in the in the face of what is happening on the ground you should always be very agile always start with an mvp never build something so there is this story that i always very happily quote that if you have a if you have a small elephant in your house you should actually take it out show to the world it will be cute people will like it if they like it then then you feed it more Correct. but feed it outside the house mm-hmm. if you make it too big inside and if it goes out of your house then it will break the door Correct. so Correct. so one should avoid in all aspects of a startup this is extremely critical mm-hmm. as a as a thought process that you need to keep things small agile and so that it can change fast wow. and then then build up wonderful so a few questions for you now personally mm-hmm. um over the years uh, and thank you for sharing so much of your story with mm-hmm. me um have there been any people who had an influence on your life mm-hmm. and if yes what have you learned from them um obviously lots of influences yeah and uh, from from everywhere i i would put in like uh, instead of putting a single guy as such that was uh, obviously everybody with whom i have worked mm-hmm. uh not only worked in family everywhere else there's a lot of influence that has come in there's a lot of learning that has come uh from people with whom i have worked people who have reported to me people who have whom i have reported to and uh, it is always contextual in the in the scheme of things that we are doing and that is where the whole uh learning has been built uh but uh, but definitely a uh, few key things i think is uh, one obviously as i said uh, while uh startup requires a lot of effort in terms of time spent and, mm-hmm. and everything else on the business itself you need to take a break out mm-hmm. and and i think this is one learning that came right from my very early days when i was starting my career of yeah. my pwc bosses mm-hmm. explained to me that the importance and i think that that obviously one learns it as you go along you don't learn it in the initial days of your life uh, but i think it's it's very important to switch off at least for a day and that is the thing that i very ritually manage that uh, spend a day off mm-hmm. with the kids with whomsoever you want with with my family with my wife so that 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 one day is spent in rejuvenating for the next week so that and and i think that is something that has uh, helped me in good state and also made it a longer haul for me mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's very easy to burn out very fast And, and and one should never because results won't come in a few years mm-hmm. you have to be the long haul guy got to keep on plugging away plugging away <laughs> very nice so uh, you know amit tell me what would be three words mm-hmm. that define amit um i would say first would be level headedness mm-hmm. which is very very critical i think for a lot of scenarios which are really scary and you go through these scary days every other day and uh, second would be uh, i would say cheerfulness mm. uh, uh, come what may uh, there is always a next morning Great. coming through and uh, third would be uh, flexibility uh, an ability to change my beliefs my thoughts based on whatever i am seeing on the ground and so i think these three things would be the the most uh, sort of my denominator of what i am Well, I can sense a lot of those in my conversations with you. Thanks. So, with my last question, mm-hmm. and this is a question on failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of us 
don't teach our children mm-hmm. that it's okay to fail yeah we are always told by all all parents all parents, yeah? all parents. You have to come first. Yeah, yeah. You have to be ahead of the queue. Yeah, you know. पीछे क्या कर रहे हो आगे आओ ऐसे. And yet we fail all the time. Yes. My question to you is, what are some of your learnings mm-hmm. from some of your mistakes or your failures? Quite a lot of them. I, as I was saying, uh, the busts are more so. Failures are more than than the successes any day, Correct. any day. Like uh, if it is a better than a twenty eighty issue, I would be like. somebody would be got to do that so uh, i think um, some of the biggest failures that i have had was uh, so for example one one very basic thing when uh, um, i failed my first attempt at iim mm-hmm. when i was doing the cat uh, thing and uh, uh, but uh, i think the biggest learning that i have had and always i have seen is there is always a next day there is always a next day there is always something better waiting if you have the ability to go ahead and grab it and, and see it uh, uh, a lot of people for example in a professional situation a lot of people say demonetization is what made fit you mm-hmm. the reality is we were already doing the same thing for the last eight to nine months uh, the the speed at which vijay reacted to it is what made it so i think uh, a lot of those failures keep on having in business in everywhere else in in akshmala the first round i don't know whether we call it a success or a failure Uh, but the business that we were doing at that moment did not grow to the extent that we wanted it to so in a way it was a failure there was a lot of learning but which we could now plumb uh, plumb into the next sort of mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. that we are doing so i think the the core thing is there is always a next day uh, there is always something to take away from any failure mm-hmm. and then implement in a better way so i mean thank you very much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you and i wish okay. akshmala and onniti Sure. Lots and lots of success. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Brand Called You podcast. Be sure to visit tbcy.in to join the conversation, access show notes, and discover fantastic bonus content. You can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Simply search for the Brand Called You. Thank you, and see you next week.